Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. The definition of encounter is to come upon or experience, especially unexpectedly. For those of us that are following Jesus, we've all had an encounter with Him at some point in our lives. Some of those encounters have been mysterious, like we read about where Saul encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9, and he was never the same after that. I was on the floor of a public bathroom. It was February 10th of 2001, and I was just I just started bawling. I was watching my tears hit the floor, and I just said, God, help me. And I have no idea why I said it. Or like the woman at the well that we read about in John chapter 4, who met Jesus, and despite what her culture might have shamed her for, Jesus offers her living water, and her life was never the same. It was really surprising to me. Like, my vision of Jesus was sort of like an ancient George W. Bush wrapped in a toga. And I was like, The character of Jesus can't be interesting to me. Like, I want to marry a woman someday. I'm very intellectual. This can't be true. But he just drew me in. Or like when Simon Peter meets Jesus and has an encounter with him while fishing, and he left everything to follow him. I would kind of walk into church every now and then, and I would just weep. And I didn't know why. My soul would just weep. And I'd walk out of there and be like, I'm never going in there again. And then I'd find myself walking <laughs> that was past so the difficult. <laughs> yeah, I just felt myself drawn in. You see, encounters with Jesus, they change us forever. These are stories of change. Guys, today we have a great show in store for you. Liz Curtis Higgs is back on the show. And I say back because she was here in June of 2018. If you want to hear her other episode, she was on episode 199. Today, Liz shares with me the story of her life before Jesus, how she met him, and what it's looked like since then. Liz is a beautiful storyteller, and this story that she tells us today is quite beautiful of the way that God was preparing her to have an encounter with him through a couple that she met through work. You're going to love this story so much. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get 
stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. You guys, Aaron and I are away on our 20th anniversary wedding trip, and we are so excited to be getting to 20 years of marriage. I cannot even believe it. But speaking of 20 years of marriage, if you would love to hear any of our thoughts on marriage, we wrote a book called Compliment. It was released this year, and we really believe it has the ability to encourage you where you are in your marriage. We believe that God created marriage for a specific purpose. We do not believe that marriage is his ultimate gift to us, but we believe it is a beautiful gift to us. And if you are married, or if you're thinking about marriage, or you want to be married, or you're dating or engaged, we believe that that the book Compliment can be a tool to help you as you enter into your marriage or as you dive into your marriage or as you even just pour into 20 years of marriage, you can get the book Compliment wherever you get books. You guys, here's my conversation with Liz Curtis Higgs. Liz, welcome back to the happy hour. Ooh, and it is happy to be here. Thanks, babe. (laughs) It is so fun to have someone come back on because here's here's what that says. It says, hey, Liz, I really, really like you because I'm going to bring you back on the happy hour. And it also says the people want to hear more from you. So I'm glad you're back. Wow. What a kind word. Thanks. Well, it's been a handful of months, years since you've been on. So what has transpired in your life since we last talked to you? Oh, wow. You know, I'd have to look myself to see what date that was. I feel like there's all kinds of stuff happening in my life because it's happening in everybody's lives. It's been a season or two here. I Cancer is behind me now. I'm not sure where I was on my journey. Well, I'll tell you, we talked to you in the middle of 2018. Okay. I was 
in the middle of my cancer adventure in 2015, for sure. Major treatments going on, lots of question marks for the doctors, but none for me, baby, because I knew that whatever happened, it was going to be good. And it is. I am uh, declared no evidence of disease by my oncologist. Uh, just have to Praise see God. now. Yes, very grateful. God is good. And because he was so kind to spare me, let me hang around here a little bit longer, I decided I needed to take better care of my health. And so I have been doing all the things we're supposed to do, you know, like high protein, low carbs, small plates, get on the elliptical, all that stuff. So I'm literally the healthiest and most energetic I've been in my entire adult life. That's uh, kind of fun. Who knew? Yeah. COVID actually worked in my favor in a weird kind of way. Jamie, most people did the COVID-19 by gaining 19 pounds. <laughs> For me, I'm thinking you might understand this, getting off the road mm. saved my butt. Because being on the road all the time, can I just say, is not a great way to stay on top of your weight, your health, and all that. So by being home for a year, I decided to do something good with it. And so it's been fun. That's amazing. a lot of online shopping, too. Oh, baby. (laughs) I have bought everything off Instagram ads that there's possibly. Like, it comes up on my phone. I'm like, of course I need that. Yes. Yes. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. um, And in my case, new clothes in a small Uh size. That's been kind of fun all very shallow. Sorry about that. Except living longer, maybe as God wills, is exciting. When you get to be my age, (laughs) we don't have to talk about the actual number. Anybody fill in the blank, whatever your age is, this is where you're supposed to be. God has a plan for you and we need to figure out what I'm supposed to do with it. So what I'm doing with it, you sitting down? Oh, of course you are. (laughs) (laughs) I will start a full-time job on July the 1st, two days before I turned 67, as the director of spiritual formation at my church. Oh, baby, it's crazy and it's wonderful. I'm just so glad God still has stuff for me to do. So Isn't that good news? I love that. Of course he does. While you're here, he has things for you to do. For sure. Are you working on any writing projects? Yes, I am. In case my editor is listening, yes, yes, I am writing so hard, pushing, pushing toward that deadline. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Can you give us an insight into what it is? I love your work. I'm writing a book, title yet to be landed on, but it is about the women I'm calling the gospel girls of the New Testament. So these are the women that were in charge of getting out the gospel after Christ returned to heaven. So we're talking Phoebe, and we're talking Priscilla, we're talking Tabitha, we're talking Lois and Eunice, we're talking Mary and Rhoda, an amazing, Lydia, amazing group of women, incredible stories. So there you are. I love it so much that you're working on that. Liz, this is, as you know, the Encounter series that we're having you back on. And and I just want to hear from people's stories about how they encountered Jesus and how he changed their life forever. So can you walk me through what your journey with Christ has been like from before you met him to how you met him, who introduced you to him, and then what your life has been like since? Oh, it's my favorite story to tell. The scripture says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So you bet. (laughs) So the question is, of course, uh, this is an accordion story. Do you want the long stretched out accordion a little short? Doot, 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 doot. I'll go for the longer version. I want the longer one. I want to hear all the things. The whole story, all the notes. Well, the short story about the childhood is grew up attending church, thinking that there was a God and that he loved me. You know, Jesus loves me. This I know. I had mm-hmm. that part figured out. 
church was not a big deal in our family. It's in a small town. Everybody kind of goes to church because you'll get talked about if you don't. You know right. what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. so I went to church right up through my teens. But then something happened to me when I turned 16. I guess I got a license to drive and a license to sin is all I could figure out. Because once this girl got behind the wheel, I just drove to one kind of problem after another. Mm. It was also, let me just say, 1970 when I turned 16. You can do the math on that. I'll turn 67 this year. So 1970, we usually think of the 60s as the wild years. Can I just say to you, the 60s didn't get to my small town until the 70s. <laughs> you were a decade behind. <laughs> I was a decade, but boy, did I want to catch up. So I, you know, it starts out with the little stuff, stealing cigarettes out of your mom's purse and cutting school, <laughs> did a little shoplifting with a friend on a dare. You'll be happy to know she went to the mission field later. So, <laughs> Oh, good. You good. <laughs> But, you know, it was just the little baby bad girl stuff that you mm-hmm. do when you're a teenager in a small town. You can only get away with so much. Yeah. But as the years went by and I began to travel around the country, I did radio for 10 years, town to town, up and down the dial. Started out top 40, but then went to album rock. So hanging out with in bigger cities with bigger acts who loved to party. And I was right there with them. And so it was all the stuff, Jamie. Mm. It's just all the stuff. Yeah. I never like to spend a long time lining out all the sins, but I'm guessing most people have figured out what they might be. It was it was sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah. Although the rock and roll is not what I put under the category of sin. <laughs> I love rock and roll. Yeah. I still do. But you know, it was pot and it was speed and it was cocaine and it was booze and it was Southern comfort and it was men mm-hmm. and more men and a lot of men. This was pre-AIDS. So we just didn't worry about stuff very much. We just did what we wanted to do. The pill was available so you could have any kind of party you wanted and not worry about getting pregnant. It's so interesting that for my generation, the mark of a bad girl was if you got pregnant, that Mm. was, oops, you got caught. But if you could get away with it, not get pregnant, we just didn't really think that much about it. Yeah. It was a hard partying decade, the 70s. And then I came roaring into the 80s, a decade into my bad girl lifestyle doing rock and roll radio in Detroit, Michigan at www. Don't you love this? <laughs> yes. Even stoned, I could remember where I worked because it yeah. was just the one letter four times, www. And uh, I did the afternoon show. Howard Stern did the morning show. And Howard and I would cross paths during the lunch hour when he got off and I was getting ready to go on. He found me at my desk doing a line of Coke. That's my memory. Mm is it was Coke. I could have done that or rolling a joint, but more likely midday, I was doing a line. And he said to me, in all seriousness, Liz, you have got to clean up your life. I know that seems unusual from Howard. You have to understand, first of all, what a brilliant man he is, and that most of that persona Mm -hmm. was projected and not who the guy really was. He was the straightest guy at our station Mm. at that time. So he was right. I did need to clean up my life, but I didn't have the capacity to do that. I had gone way too far down the rabbit hole by that point, and I had written myself off. I just decided, gone too far, done too much, ain't no hope, so I might as well have fun, Yeah, because that's all that's left for me. God is so faithful and so patient. 
When I finally hit bottom, and that didn't happen until I came to Louisville, Kentucky, where I live now to work in radio, went through a couple of different stations here before I landed at the one where God was waiting for me. Mm. Husband and wife team came to work at that station. Really cool people. They had worked at all the big stations around the country, LA, Denver, and you know, they just were wow. So first God brought me people that I would respect professionally. He's so wise. He knew what it would take for me to hear the truth, mm. who I'd need to hear it from. Okay. And um They came into the station, this husband and wife, brand new little baby girl in their life. And they were brand new Christians, brand new Mm. Christians, still wet behind the ears. And they came to Louisville because they felt like L.A. was not the place to raise a child and to try and keep walking a faith walk. And they thought, oh, Louisville, that's a good sized town for that. They were right. There's a church in every corner here. It's, It's a good place to raise a family. But they took one look at me. And I know they had to say to themselves, oof. Here's a project, (laughs) Mm. you know, because I always smelled like booze or like pot or like cigarettes or like some kind of trouble. Mouth like a sailor, clearly living a party lifestyle. But they came into the station and they zoned in on me. They just. um, And I was honored by that because they were well known and professionally successful. And I couldn't imagine what the real attraction was. Mm. They knew somebody I needed to know, but I didn't know that yet. I just liked them. And more to the point, they seemed to like me and I felt pretty unlikable, unlovable at that point. So, wow, they like me? More than that, they took me under their wing. They did at that station, they did mornings, I did middays. So that meant I came into the studio during the changing of the guard and this husband and wife team always hugged me. I know that sounds like a small thing. Can I just say, when you are lost as lost can be, when you have no real friends, you just have party friends. Mm. When a man might sleep with you, but he's hardly going to hug you. Have I got that? Yeah. Those hugs were unbelievable for this single woman. Mm. And they, uh, big hugs, threw their arms around me, hugged me tight. Oh, Liz, we love you and God loves you. What they didn't say to me is interesting. They didn't say, Liz, you need to clean up your life. Hmm. Liz, you need to know God. Liz, you need to get on a better path. They did not say those things, even though obviously they were true. What they said was, Lizzie, God loves you. God has a plan for you. God wants to be with you. Okay, that love is irresistible. It's just irresistible. If we want to know what we have to offer the people in our lives who don't yet know the Lord, his love is it. Hmm. They don't need judgment. They don't need a list of lifestyle changes they need to make. They don't even actually, okay, let me say this really carefully. We don't need to actually put a Bible in their hands straight up Mm. at the start. First, we need to love them. And then we can introduce them to this love letter from God. Yeah, love the story of Philip, the evangelist in the New Testament, with the eunuch who is reading the Bible and doesn't get it. And when Philip is called by the Holy Spirit to jump into the guy's cart, he says, do you know what you're reading? He says, well, how can I understand unless somebody tells me? He was already being wooed in by the Mm, Spirit. Yeah. Philip didn't throw a book at him. Philip joined him and said, yes, I can teach you about what's in there. Mm. And at the end of that beautiful story, when the Ethiopian eunuch says, hey, there's water. Any reason I can't be baptized? 
Philip baptizes them down in the water they go. And then Philip is lifted away. He's got other work to do. And the Ethiopian goes away laughing, celebrating. Wow, that's such a God story. And I believe that's exactly how it works. I don't think we lead anybody to Christ. We don't have that kind of power, friends. We just don't. But I do think our own enthusiasm, joy, and overwhelming love for God speaks to people. And they start saying, what do you know? Maybe they even are shown, who do you know? Mm. What's going on? When they ask questions like that, it's like the eunuch asking questions. Well, then they're ready to hear about the Lord who loves them. Mm. But God has already done the work. Yeah, we open our mouths, but he even gives us the words to say. And I say all of that to say, don't be afraid of it. People feel like, oh, I don't know anything about lifestyle evangelism. (laughs) Do you love God? Right. That's it. Do you know he loves you? That's it. Mm -hmm. That's what people care about most because we all start from that selfish place. It's okay. It's our human nature. Yeah. Am I loved? Am I lovable? Does anybody love me? Mm. And then when we find out, oh, yeah, the one who made you loves you. The one who made you and loves you has a plan for you. In fact, he wrote a book for you. These words that are alive living and active. People always say when I teach, oh, Liz, you bring the Bible alive. Okay, forget (laughs) that. That's not possible. It's already alive. Right, right. So alive. It's just a matter of asking God to open our eyes and see the life on every page and every verse, every word. It's alive, living and active. Cuts us open. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. So Liz, you know, you met this couple at this new station and they're loving you and they're, you're experiencing something from them that you never had. But I do remember that you said you grew up going to church. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people, especially in the South here, where it can be a little bit of a Bible belt culture, go to church, even if they don't have an encounter with God, or then they don't even follow him. In those, the years of the 70s and the 80s, when you're just living for yourself and doing whatever makes you happy, did you recall any of the things that you knew and had learned in church? Did you feel any kind of pull towards God during those moments? Or did that come later, even with just that couple? I think I was pretty afraid of God Mm. because of the lifestyle I was leading. I felt like I had turned my back on God. In fact, I wrote, (laughs) I just remembered this. I wrote a paper in my freshman or sophomore, I can't remember, year of college, sophomore, I think, why I don't believe in God for Mm. a philosophy class. I have it somewhere and I need to find it because I know it will be highly amusing. But I had made a very, you know, definitive decision. I don't believe in God and here's why. 
isn't it wonderful that God still believed in me? Yep. Didn't give up on me, even when I turned my back on him. Mm-hmm. I don't think I sensed a wooing from him for a long time because he knew me well. He said, this girl's just going to have to go out there. She's just going to have to do the prodigal thing. I talked to a lot of parents of prodigals, and of course, they just beat themselves up. Where did we go wrong? I want to tell you, dear friends, you didn't do anything wrong. I know they're going to tell me what they did. I understand that. God is bigger than you. God loves your child more than you do. And God is able. His arm is not too short to save, the scripture Mm. says. So you, dear parent, are going to have to let go of that guilt. I still call myself a former bad girl. We're just rebels. It's who we are. And guess what? God knows that about us. That was hardwired into us and he will use it Mm. because when you get a rebel who gets turned around for the Lord, oh, baby, she cannot (laughs) shut up. That's good. And so, you know, there's a purpose for all of it. The phrase I've heard a lot of parents say is, my kid is just building a testimony. There you go. And that's what we pray for. We pray that when that turnaround finally comes, that they will see. And of course, oh, the story. And it is a story that Jesus tells. It's a fictional story about the prodigal son. Mm -hmm. That's not about a particular boy with a certain name. It's a story in the Bible. As a fiction writer, as well as a nonfiction writer, I love that Jesus used stories. Yeah. But there's the example of what the father does with the prodigal. The father doesn't wait, arms folded, you know, you have to come back to me. That isn't how it worked. As soon as the father saw the son even turning in his direction, he was on the run, Mm. on the run to that boy. And he threw his arms around him, even though he was fresh out of the pigsty, probably still had piggy bits all over him, threw his arms around him, kissed him. That was very purposeful. That wasn't just welcome home. That is the kiss of a father to a son is this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Mm. I identify with him. He's mine. Yeah. It's just a wow story. It is. It is. Embraced him through his robe on him. I mean, it's an incredible story. Always worth a reread mm-hmm. for those of us who either feel like prodigals or who gave birth to one. Mm. It's such hope, friends. It's yeah. such hope. Yeah. So my dear friends reached out to this prodigal, and there is no doubt in my mind that as they began to speak of God, there were seeds planted in my little child's heart that were waiting all those years for fresh water mm-hmm. to land there. And when it did, whoo, it sprang up. I actually invited myself to their church. They did not invite me to church. Isn't that fascinating? Mm-hmm. Not for months. They invited me into their home. We talked about the Bible all the time. These people were just all about God. It was going to be the conversation if you went to their house. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't have a Bible of my own, but they would hand me one and show Uh me where to find things. After about five months of that, I finally invited myself to their church, wanted to see if there was anybody else as weird as these people, because they were weird to me. Mm -hmm. Weird in this sense. They were really cute, really Lots of personality, very likable, and as I'd said earlier, very successful in their radio careers, happily married and parents. So they had all that stuff. Yeah. But that's not what they talked about. They talked about the Lord, so I thought they were weird. Mm -hmm. Why would you need him if you have all the rest of this? Right. (laughs) So I invited myself, went to their church, found out there were whole pews of these people. (laughs) Amazing, amazing. And they seemed to welcome me. Even though I was desperately hungover from the night before, they seemed 
to just overlook that and mm. welcome me. And the pastor had a sermon on, <laughs> this is so funny, Ephesians 5, wives <laughs> to your husband. That was your that first was sermon? My first sermon as an adult. Can you imagine? I was single, card-carrying feminist. Oh, my goodness. I remember my friends, this husband and wife team, looking at each other, rolling their eyes like, oh, this is going to go over real well. Right, right. But see, here's how good God is. If the sermon had been some, you know, kind of soft, peddled something, I might have checked out, not really paid attention. Wives submit, you put those two words next to each other, rub them together. <laughs> Nothing could have made me matter, honestly. I was mm. furious. And so that made me pay attention to what this man mm -hmm. said and what he said three verses later, as you know, is, and husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church being willing to die for her. And I turned to my friends and said, so if I, if I ever met a guy willing to die for me, I'd marry him in a heartbeat. And my wise, wise friend said, a man has already died for you, Liz. So good. Hmm. And that's when it hit me that all the stories about Christmas and Easter that I still remembered from childhood, not much other theology stuck with me, but those two big ones did. And all of a sudden it's like, ah, oh, he came at Christmas for me. Hmm. And he died for me. Now, yes, he also came for you, beloved, and died for you as well. But the truth is, we have to get this for ourselves. Hmm. We don't get to adopt our parents' faith or our grandparents' faith or our friends' faith or our spouse's faith. We have to embrace the truth of the gospel for ourselves. And I did. And I had no idea what to do about it. That was about my seventh week in church. <laughs> I was singing in the choir by then, Jamie. Oh, my gosh. I know. I love to sing. They had a robe that fit. I was in, you know. So that meant we did a thing at that church where you came forward. Not everybody's churches do that, but this one did. You come forward to make a profession of faith. So I had to come out of the choir loft. The whole alto section was like, <gasps> we thought she was one of us. You know, big pen. <laughs> and um, finally I was. Mm. And I went front and the pastor said, do you know why you're here, Liz? I said, yeah, I do. I figured it out. I'm a sinner who needs a savior and his name is Jesus. And I claim him as my Lord and my savior. Now at that church, they threw you in the baptistry immediately in case you changed <laughs> mind. <laughs> so on went the baptismal robe and down into the water I went. And that was, it'll be 40 years in February. Praise God. But I'm telling you, I remember everything about those months and that day in particular, like it was yesterday. Mm. What a set free day. Oh, happy day, as the wonderful gospel song says. Oh, happy day when Jesus washed my sins away. So there you go. And we've been walking the walk ever since. Now, when I say walking, I don't mean no stumbling. Yeah. Oh, baby. You know, the thing is, a lot of people have this idea that becoming a Christian means Jesus is going to snap his fingers and then everything's just going to be perfect and clean and tidy within your world. But everyone comes to follow Jesus with baggage because we come as a sinner and he cleans us and we turn out on the other side as righteous, but that doesn't mean we'll never sin again. What did your journey look like of going from drugs, alcohol, sex, new believer, and then what did that look like for you on the other side? Because... <laughs> Those habits are not easy habits to break. So what did that look like for you? 
Okay, well, there will be people who won't like this, but I always believe in speaking the truth in love. So the day I was baptized, I went home and smoked a joint to celebrate because that's what I did. Right. Sunday afternoon, roll up a big doobie, watch a movie, have a friend over. You know, it was what I did. Yeah. But then sitting there high, I thought, oh, shoot. If one of my new friends, I was starting to make some friends at this new church, like in the choir, if one of them calls me right now, that's going to be weird. Because hmm. if they know anything about the effects of pot, they'll know I'm high. And so I realized what actually happened today at that church is a better high than this one I have right mm. now. It's longer lasting and it has no ill effects and it's not illegal. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm not going to lie to you, Jamie. I finished the baggie of pot because I'm, you know, I'm a frugal person and <laughs> wasted. Right. But when it was gone, it was gone forever. Hmm. The booze also went away really quickly, just for the same reason. I didn't want to be not myself around my new friends. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as the men goes, so the guy I was seeing at the time, I would never call it dating. That would bring down dating. We were not dating. Okay. I was seeing him. We were sleeping together. It's pretty much all it was. Well, he came over that same afternoon and I knew better than to leap into bed with him. So I said to him, the most exciting thing has happened today. I have been baptized and I'm a Christian now. And he was like, whoa, (laughs) what happened to you? I said, well, let me tell you. And Jamie, I laid out for him. (laughs) I would give anything to have this on tape. Everything I knew about the Bible from Genesis to Revelation the whole shebangy. It was short. So, you know, you can imagine I didn't know a lot, but I was just so excited. And he kept backing physically, backing (laughs) away, sliding down to his end of the couch. And he said, I guess we're not going to be seeing each other anymore. And I said, you got it, my friend. Mm. But thank you for letting me tell you my story. That was it for that handsome redhead. He was gone. That was it. That was it. It would be five more years before a man would walk into my life, the right one. Mm. But I needed those single years. I really did. I had to work through a bunch of stuff. I had to work through a bunch of things in my head because I could change the habits, but I couldn't change as quickly the stuff in my head. The Bible talks about the renewing of your mind. And so for me, I just had to get in the word. Mm. And because I was single, living by myself. And by that point, I was doing the morning show at that radio station. It meant I was home by 10 o'clock in the morning for my five-day work week, home at 10 a.m. So I had all day. I unplugged my television. The cable guy thought I was nuts. He said, are you moving? I said, no, I just don't want a TV. And of course, this is long before the internet, friends. Right. So, <laughs> when you unplugged <laughs> your television, you were seriously unplugged. Yes. And um, so I had all this time. So I got in the word. If you have a teaching bone in your soul, Mm. when you get in the word, you soon want to start pouring out what you're pouring in. So I started leading a Bible study at my church. Oh, my word. Months in the Lord. I mean, (laughs) such a baby Christian. But I was growing just because of God and just because of his word, not because of Lizzie at all. Mm. This is what God had for me. So I started teaching Bible studies, being invited to go out and speak about what was in the Word, and it kind of went from there, where I started teaching and teaching, and pretty soon it became retreats, and then it became speaking, and then it became keynoting, and then finally I left radio, started writing, and there you go. 
So here we are many years later. Still here we are many years later, still writing and speaking. And I can't help but feel giddy about the way that when God created the world and God created you, that he knew the good works that he would prepare in advance for you to bring glory to him and that it would come from a girl who would call herself, you know, in your words, a bad girl. Former bad girl. Yeah. Former bad girl. And that God would use your story and he would redeem your life. And look at his now. It gives me hope for anyone that's listening. Mm. Two things that feel like I'm too far gone for God to save. And you and I are both saying no one is too far gone from the love of God. Never. Never. And Never then the second person that's listening that is a follower of Jesus, but still holds on to so much of those things in the past and feels like God could never use her. You and I are here to say God uses the people that he saves and he uses broken people because guess what? That's all he's got to work with. There's no other options. (laughs) I always say that God works with imperfect people because he has no other choice. (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. Liz, I am honored that you would share this part of your story with us. And I do believe that God is going to do great things through it. And I love all the things he's gotten you to do. And congrats on your new job. Look at you. I love it crazy, crazy town. But I'm excited. I love seeing what God's doing. And frankly, after this COVID experience for the last 15 months, the truth is church looks very different now. Church is a very different place. And I'm so excited to be on the ground level of what God's going to do now, because it's going to be different, baby. Strap on your seatbelt. It's going to be a bumpy ride, but I think it's going to be an exciting one. I I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. So Liz, thank you so much. My joy and delight, friend. Thanks. Lord, what an honor it is to have an encounter with you. For all those who are listening today, I would ask that they hear your tender voice, speaking to them, comforting them, encouraging them, calling them, wooing them, drawing them closer to you, so they too can have a real life-changing encounter. You're so faithful, Lord, and you love us so much. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Friends, encounters with Jesus, they change lives and they transform futures. My prayer for you as you listen to this episode today is that if you already call yourself a follower of Jesus, that God will renew in you a love and passion for sharing your own personal story of your encounter with Him with those around you. And for those of you that would not call yourself a follower of Jesus, or you're skeptical of His love, that something in this story today would captivate you, and that your eyes and your ears and your heart would be open to the love that God has for you. Love that while we are still sinners, that God gave His only Son, Jesus, to die for us. And although the penalty and the wage of our sin is death, The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And whoever, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but would have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Friends, if something today sparked something in you and you don't own a Bible, please send us an email and we'll send you one. You can email us at jamieivy.com. Today's show was edited and mixed by the team at Podshaper. 
The show notes are written by Abby Castell, and the show is produced by Lindsay Sweeney, and I'm your host, Jamie Ivey. I hope you enjoyed today's show, and if you did, we'd love it if you shared it with a friend. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.